One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Sakunian Sk, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the Celebrity Mental Health Podcast, where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Sakunian Sk while you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today is the reason you listen to Securing Secure twice a week and why you have 230 episodes of lessons of self-love and understanding your favourite celebrities' journeys. Emma Kenny has been my therapist for years and years and she's the one that told me to have my own podcast and I'm so glad I listened to her as long as the other advice she's obviously given me over the years to say that I'm mentally okay but more so for this because she's helped validate me doing these interviews and the validation continues to Emma as she's just become a mum for the third time age 50 to newborn Etta Bloom. So to talk about motherhood and how that's changed her to give you some mental health tips to see you to Christmas and to show you why I love her I'm delighted with thanks to Google Pixel to welcome back to Skinny's Care after she was last on episode 38 it's psycho and my friend and my therapist it's emma kenny hello darling oh thank you for that lovely introduction very much appreciated well it's true it is all thanks to you and we always say it but i don't think you realize how much you validate me and gave me a purpose number one when i needed it originally but even now that i have down days and down times quite a lot of the time you know what it's like working in the media and to know I've got this podcast and to know that i'm in control and i can power all these episodes one a week two a week three a week it's all thanks to you. And I don't, I just want you to know how much, even that bit of advice six years ago has changed me ever since. I really appreciate that, but you're only ever as good as the person you're giving the advice to, essentially. So I think that you empowered yourself to go ahead and do something with your natural talents. And I always think it's such a shame when people have got such a talent and such capability and capacity, and it's their confidence or insecurity that kind of holds them back. And I'm like, everyone's insecure and very few people are actually that confident most of us just feel like not that we're winging it because I don't think we ever are truly winging it but more that none of us know exactly what we're doing or why we're doing it a lot of the time and that's one of the beautiful things about trying new things and just allowing yourself the space to do things that you believe you're passionate about so for you it was very easy when I was taught 
talked to by you about the way that you felt and you're right the insecurity of the media and so for me it was like you're such a good communicator and you love doing what you're doing so do it yourself you know it's the same when I've worked with people who've lost their jobs and I'm like well it's all right buy a 50 pound company and become a director tomorrow it's about perspective and you can either behold to other people or do it to yourself and I think that's really powerful it's interesting to use the word perspective because I think there's a lot of times where introvertly and for yourself you don't have that confidence and yet to the world you do and it's simple things like when people wear a blazer or when people you know so for example if I'm doing an interview and I'm doing it in person I'll have a piece of paper with my questions on it and yet all these people come with their books and they have these massive books that they have their questions written down I'm like why have you brought a book with you can't read your handwriting but like some for some reason interviewers think if you wear a blazer and you have a book suddenly you've got all this power and it's the perspective you give out to everyone uh, versus the confidence that you have in yourself that's it the thing about confidence is though that the way the world reinforces you is often the way you start to believe you exist within it so for me when I'm working with people who are really low in confidence my job is to give them those tips and tricks like I talk about putting on the confidence cloak because people think I'm really confident but actually if you know me well then you'll know I'm somebody with tick disorder so I have like ticks and my externalized anxiety is a way of managing that particular position internally because I don't like feeling anxious so I kind of have this tick disorder that responds to anxiety and that would say I wasn't confident but actually the way I've cultivated my life is to kind of accept my weird quirks and to run with that and to also just be who I am authentically and know that even though that doesn't mean I'm really confident and it doesn't mean that I'm somebody who is naturally that extrovert as much as people would think I was what I do get when I act that way is a reinforcer and a reflection from the world, which is a mirror that's a slightly different one to the one I have in my own head. So when I hold up somebody else's reflection of me, which is, oh, she's confident, oh, she's a good communicator, I don't see the girl who ticks quite a lot and who has the anxiety response. I see somebody who's a contender. And so people's perspectives are helpful. But the problem is when you internalize the negative perspectives as opposed to the positive perspectives. So I think that you have to develop as you get older in mental health just I suppose a courage where you just can accept the positive feedback without letting the negative stuff drown you because I think that that can happen so easily in life I just think you can listen to other people and they can say things that are nasty and it essentially becomes part of your mental language whereas I choose to reject that so to speak shall we say and I accept the positive stuff which has taken years to do doesn't mean that I can't deal with criticism but when it's unnecessary cruelty I just think that's got nothing to do with me and it's got everything to do with you and the positive stuff I think thanks does that make sense and it's something that's taken years to cultivate but I do it now all right I want to talk about the criticism in a second but just to pick up on something you just said I'm quite interested in the fact of yes you've got your ticks and yes you've got certain nuances but when you've got the label as a psychologist and same for me in my professional world as a showbiz editor it's very easy to hide behind that title. And when those titles are so grand, the real thing, scheme of things, when you say to someone, I'm a psychologist, suddenly you're like God's gift. You know, you are God because you're going to help someone feeling maybe suicidal or feeling really low. And the idea and the perception is that you'll take them to the other end. And me saying I'm an editor, same as people who are account executives and managers. I mean, it's just words. But do you yeah. think people 
judge you differently because of the word psychologist that it doesn't matter that you've got these insecurities and ticks because the psychologist label means more than that. I think that probably when I was younger and I was just working in the profession, potentially people put you on a bit of a pedestal initially because they thought you knew what you were on about. But I don't think it's taken very long for people as I've moved into the media and do the things that I do now to unpick the authenticity. I think I'm really authentic and I just don't think I hide behind my label at all. And actually, I think if you spend a couple of minutes with me, one of the things that maybe makes me relatable is I don't pretend I'm an expert in anything. I think that the idea that I'm going to know more about you than you're going to know about you, ultimately that's patronizing and incongruent with the truth. For me, it's more about as this individual who's been through this training and who's been privileged to have that, how do I automatically make you feel so comfortable so that you feel like you're chatting with an old friend? And how do I illuminate some of the dark valleys of your psyche that maybe you haven't dared to look at because things haven't been safe to look at them or you felt that people have rejected or abandoned you when you've looked at them? My job is to quickly help decipher that sense of that resistance and to open up those channels. So I think that if you were to talk to my ex-clients, you wouldn't have a, oh, what I saw was a scary person with this qualification and experience. They'd be like, she was nothing like I expected. That would be the biggest accolade and the biggest acclaim for me in my work, that that would be the most clarity-based response, the idea of I've never expected her to be the way that she is, as in she makes me feel comfortable. It was easy. I didn't feel afraid. And I think that coming to a session, that's how people feel. And that's because of what you said. It's the idea of somebody knowing more, being more, having more, being more sorted. And then if you allow that to remain, I think that's the clinician's ego. I don't think that I want that ego. I think ego is one of the biggest problems full stop. It's one of the reasons why the media is full of narcissists, no disrespect to people, but you know it is. And part of that is because it creates and drives certain people, just certain, not the majority, but certain people because of their ego. And then you get a lot of reinforcement because of that ego. And I think that if you can lose ego, that is the most powerful thing. And that's what I've always sought to do. That's why I don't have a filter. No, it's not that I don't think about what I'm going to say. It's that I say things in spite of them being difficult sometimes. And that's really important to me because... I spent a long time in my youth just wanting to please and wanting to be the person that everyone liked and going to bed, unpicking every conversation and genuinely beating myself up for saying things that I thought were stupid. And on reflection, what a wasted time, you know, instead of just enjoying the interactions, I was always looking at just breaking myself down. And then I think having kids, that was probably the biggest wake up call because that was probably the first time in my life where I thought, I'm more than enough for these, you know, in life, when you go around thinking you're not quite enough, when you have kids, often you realise you're more than enough. And from that point onwards, their views of you just have so much more weight than anybody else's views of you. But as a mum, there's no transaction, whereas as a psychologist, there's a transaction that comes with money. And so you look at the idea that you've got a client that's paying for your services. So naturally, yes, you've got the label. Yes, you've got the ego, but it's that transaction. I saw a tarot reader a couple of weeks ago. I should have called you, but I thought I'm going to see a tarot reader and try that. And suddenly you're going, well, if they're saying it, 
and they can see the future, then it's going to come true. So, for example, they said, oh, I'm going to meet my girlfriend in October. And I was like, oh, my God, 30 years <laughs> single. You've told me they're finally coming. So all I've done in my gratitude diary day is going, I can't wait to meet my girlfriend in October because you've told me that's happening rather than looking at the past. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Bringing together the ideas of what you've just said in your previous three answers, you spoke about criticism, you spoke about authenticity, and you spoke about the ego. So bringing them together, there have been obviously times, especially during COVID, that you were very vocal. And I don't want to talk about cancel culture in the fact of what that does in a toxic yeah. media world, but I'm interested in what that did to you mentally. What mentally did it do to you to the fact that you were getting this negativity when you've always been so respected? What did it do to you mentally that, as you've said, you want to be open with how you personally feel and be authentic to yourself. And thirdly, the ego of, I'm a TV presenter, I'm a radio presenter, and am I going to, I suppose, yeah, be cancelled because I'm being authentic to myself and yet that's what people are paying into financially through social media followers and through me as a psychologist. Well, ultimately, I was cancelled. So it wasn't a thing of I might be. It happened and it's the reality of working in a field where there is a safe space that you are allowed to remain in. And if you step outside of that, there are consequences. And 
the thing about that experience is that I'd just come out of losing my dad to suicide. So basically a few months earlier, my dad had killed himself and my dad and me were like unbelievably close. And it had been a suicide that had happened after sepsis, which is blood poisoning. And unfortunately it can cause something called delirium, which is basically like psychosis. And he became very psychotic. So my dad went from being somebody who was mentally very well adjusted, never off in his life, one of the life and souls of every party, non-drinker, non-smoker, just the kindest man in the world. And then I found him, you know, and I had to deal with the whole experience of finding a parent that you adore deceased and in a horrible way. And it had been after a year of really difficult experiences because of that illness. So when I went into COVID months later, I was already dealing with that traumatic loss and trying to recalibrate and reestablish who I was without dad, because my dad had always made me feel safe. You know, we come from a working class background and they never really had that much when I was growing up, but there was always this sentiment of if it all goes wrong, you can always come home. And then I knew I couldn't anymore. And that's an incredible transition to go through. When COVID hit, I was dealing with that loss and I was dealing with that pain and I was dealing with learning the lessons that suffering has to offer. And that was something that was very, very challenging and very beautiful all in the same moment. So I was really working hard. I'd gone back to work after six days because when you were a freelancer, that's what you do. I was also managing some of my family's struggles because people in my family just couldn't go back to work. And I was helping manage that on a financial level. So there were all these things that were happening around me and then COVID hit. All I could think was, why would you ever lock up a child with their abuser? That was all I needed to know. I didn't need to know about the impact on poverty. That was obvious. I didn't need to know about the implications on education. That was obvious. What I needed to know was why would anybody knowingly lock a child up with an abusive parent and stress increases and exacerbates violence. Therefore, I knew we were looking at homicides of children and it happened. So from that point onwards, what you had was my trauma, which makes you a bit angry anyway. Then it was exacerbated by the knowledge of what we were going to do and what we were going to cause. And it did. So when I started to speak out, it was really difficult because I started to get all my contracts cancelled. And then my husband who is a very lovely man, but he also knew that I was the person that really brings the income in. He works with me and he's amazing. Without him, I couldn't do what I do. But the point is, it was me challenging our economic standard. And I challenged it to the point where we nearly lost our home. So it wasn't small. It was a big deal. But I had to make a decision. And it was hard for my family. My boys were very supportive. But the decision was, I don't want to be the person that I'd need to be to toe the line. So I decided that I was going to just accept that I'd been cancelled and I wasn't going to work. I was told by a crisis manager to apologise. I was told by a crisis manager to do things like take the vaccine live on TV. And I basically said that the consequence of that for me would be the end of my mental health and also the end of my credibility as a human being for myself. But it was tough. It was really tough. But everyone's different. And not saying that people need to have faith. Everybody's got their own views. For me, my faith is really powerful. So I just believe that maybe I wasn't stepping off a cliff. Maybe it felt like it would be a cliff, but maybe I wouldn't fall that far because I'd 
get rescued. My faith was getting me through losing my dad. And certainly for me, when I made that decision, it was like initially for a few weeks, it was scary. But then it was just like being scooped up and being told, you know, well done, that's okay. There's other options. And then I just invested fully in my career that I do, which is my crime stuff and my tours. And my life has never been better in that way. And I genuinely believe that's to do with trusting the process and trusting your integrity. But it was really hard. But also, it's really beautiful now. I'm really grateful for the suffering. Even the fact that my dad did what he did, I miss him like fundamentally more than I've ever longed for anything I long for him. But I can't change that. But what's come from it has been staggeringly important to me. And I think that we go through a life just telling people to be afraid of so many things. And grief is one of the big things. You know, we're all going to lose. It's happening. It's happened. Or it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's if you're lucky, because otherwise you're the one causing the loss. So essentially, you get lucky to go through it. For me, fundamentally, knowing that I can't bring it back, I would do it in an instant, in a heartbeat, and I'd let go of all the learning I've let go. I'd let go of it instantly. But you know you can't. So what I've got from it has been just captivating. Suffering for me now is just full of quite beautiful lessons. And that's something that has made life a lot less scary. Do you know? It's made life a lot less scary. I'm a lot braver because of it. Well, it's that fact that everything happens for a reason and you have to go low to get high. Otherwise, right. you're never going to be able to go on that journey and also realise how far you've come and what the true values are. You know, you've got a lot of uncertainty of your economic security and your values. And yet the idea, basically, if you, you know, you've got your bank account, you go all the way down to zero and then the minuses, Number one, what is the worst that can actually happen? Right. And number two, that's not going to be forever. Yes, in that moment, but we adapt. We're human beings. We are used to adapting into some shape or form. And actually for you, I think it was very beneficial because, you know, this morning, for example, as a TV show, you were very much part of for many, many years, but yeah. your identity suddenly became this morning psychologist expert. And yet yeah. you were like, well... I'm part of a panel of experts because there's many of them. So yeah, technically I'm part of this group, but it doesn't define me. And that you were obviously let go from them. And if you want to use the word cancelled or whatever happened, but you're able now to be your true authentic self and do what you want for you. And it all comes back to you rather than just going back to this morning. The thing about giving being given work is it's a very insecure experience like you were talking about. You know, you're always dead grateful for it. And I've been so lucky to have been part of things like This Morning. Before that, things like Daybreak and Back in the Day GMTV and all the stuff that I've done in crime, which I still do on TV, but nonetheless, the fact is that all those opportunities, as much as it may have been challenging at certain points, they created such an opportunity for me. So I just feel so grateful to every single person who ever hired me for every single phone in, every opportunity that I had. I don't have any negative feelings if that makes sense and again I think that that's something that's very blessed because every day of work from when I was a single mum literally on the breadline doing what I was doing therapeutically right through to now where I just feel really really lucky on an economic level compared to what I was back then I've never had a day at work that I haven't loved I mean genuinely when people say find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life it's always felt like that for me I always kind of feel like you know, I managed to find something that fitted really effectively. Mental health for me is just a love because everyone has to deal with struggles. And I think that 
I'm really at peace with being open with those struggles personally. And I think that people give permission to one another to tell their stories. And that's really important. I think like when you said earlier on about you want to meet somebody and you've been told that you're going to meet somebody in October, to some people that might seem trite or ridiculous because at the end of the day, what can a fortune teller tell you? How do we know that they're legitimate and so on and so forth? But I'm like, what you know is you've got a vision of hope and you've got a vision of what you want. And actually, really, does it matter if the person's telling you exactly what's going to happen or does it matter that you're going to really put the effort in so in October you meet the woman of your dreams? What a lovely thing to have a vision of. And I think that that's really what most of us should live more courageously with. It's like it's not okay these days sometimes to say how we feel because everybody's scared of how other people are going to interpret or we're going to get fed back that maybe we look a bit silly. And the truth is, it's like life is a breath of consciousness. We're here and we're dead. It's over. Like for me, I think there's something else, but not in this life. It's gone. So I think living every single day with that fearlessness and accepting that sometimes we'll feel scared or embarrassed or silly. That's what makes life worthwhile, like a cacophony of our feelings and emotions. And so for you, I think it's great that you're thinking about meeting somebody and getting out there and finding the woman of your dreams. So also, away from the media, you've obviously become a mum again. It made the news. Very exciting. Oh, God, it and did. I didn't think it would make everywhere. news. And it, I'm really positive <laughs> as well, which is nice for you to get some positive press. It was once. really positive. The reason I kept my pregnancy hidden was because I've had five miscarriages and it's really debilitating to go through loss after loss after loss. And I felt like if I dared to tell anybody, then I might lose Etta. I didn't know I was having a little girl. I thought Etta Blue was a boy all the way along. I could only imagine myself with boys. And then it was a little girl and she's delightful. But genuinely, I was totally blown away by the fact that it even got picked up because it was just a message on Insta. And I did it on Insta specifically because I thought, Insta's really the place where people are kind of nice. And I just wanted to explain that I wasn't hiding it from people because I didn't want them to know in the way that I felt that I couldn't trust them with it. It was much more a daren't dream that she's going to be mine, you know, because like it hasn't happened again and again and again. And then I got to eight months and one week, stopped my tour and then basically went into labor like just over a week afterwards. So it was like a really quick thing that happened. And the public, have just been utterly lovely but I suppose ultimately the fear of the legacy of all the things that have been in the past just use the happiness that I could have felt during my pregnancy and you know I'm grateful that she was fine but like I said ultimately when you've lost again and again and again you just get to a point where you can't imagine it and the fact that she's here is still a blur to me I cannot believe I've got this little girl and I have to reconcile my age because COVID stole my years. My dad was sick for two years and died. There were all these things that interjected on that journey and made it really difficult. And I went for my final month. It was literally my final month. And I said, I'm not going to do this again. This is it. It's going to happen or it's not. And actually, we were sadly pregnant with twins and we lost one of them. So again, that repeated cycle of, this might not happen was very, very clear in my mind because it was already not happening for one of them. So getting to the end of this pregnancy was just insane. It was the easiest pregnancy I've had. And that made it felt like it wasn't happening. I felt like I was in denial because I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't get very big. 
And then going into labor, biggest relief ever. Traumatic labor, very different to my other boys. She got stuck, blue lighted to the hospital, lovely home birth in the birthing pool, all went horribly wrong. But at the end of the day, when she came out, I was just like, I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. You know, I wish that I had another 25 years with her. I haven't, but that's okay because she wouldn't be mine and she wouldn't be Etta Blue. So I've just got to reconcile that reality. How did you go through five miscarriages and go, I want to keep trying? As much as I want this, actually, it could end up damaging me physically more than, you know, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot to put yourself in mentally, but also physically as well to go through that. It's the desire. It just usurps and overruns and overtakes every single other feeling and instinct. All I knew and all I know is the one thing that I've always felt gave me the reason to live and made me feel like I had purpose was being a mum. Like there's nothing else. And everyone's different. Appreciate that a lot of women these days love careers and all of those things. And it's like power to all of you, power to anybody, do what you want to do. But to me, the first time I had my first son, I knew the meaning of life and it never left me. And it made me who I am. My boys made me so much better than I was. Like I was just so different before children. And you know, riddled with self-doubt and anxiety and also just genuinely not connected in the way that they connected me. And like I said, in a world where you never feel quite enough, they made me feel more than. So Etta was something that had been a jigsaw piece that I'd always expected to be there. And I suppose when you have a vision like you do with meeting the woman of your dreams, like for me, family was more than my two boys. And so I just persevered and I, you know, got to the point where I was going to stop persevering. But Again, I trusted that somehow a miracle had happened and she is. I mean, she genuinely is a miracle. It's as simple as that. And I'm just so blessed. Well, I wish you and Etta Blue and the family a lot of love. You'll have um, to meet her, Johnny. Well, you've got to, you've got to arrange that. You've got, we need I to know. do this. Anyway. I'm going to be coming down loads of my tour to London. Yeah. So I'll come and meet you. We'll, we'll get some food and I'll make sure that you can sit with her and she'll probably throw up on you. Well, that's so what I'm saying. I'm go. awful with babies. Any of my friends who listen to this and I've met their children, I'm there. As soon as they start even going near me or crawling near me or they sneeze from a distance, I'm, I'm out of the door. But Hilarious. I want to see you. You're obviously on tour. Go and check out emmakennytv.com. You're on tour till May 2024. Also, thank you to Google Pixel for setting up this interview. They're doing loads of research about commuters and how 64% look forward to going to work if they revel in immersive entertainment experiences. And you've been listening to Securians Kiev, me, Johnny Seifert. So if you like what you heard, please do go and make the podcast, like it, subscribe to it, share it with a friend, and let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. After you click that subscribe button and left that review, go on to TikTok at JohnnySeaford92, on Twitter at JohnnySeaford, and on Instagram at JohnnySeaford, and at Skidinskill Podcast, where you can find me. And I'll speak to you very soon. Thank you for listening. I'm Johnny Seaford. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 